Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. But again, I'm excited about this lesson, the on scene. I'm just really excited about it. We're going to talk about that world where, you know, there's God and we can't see him, but he's, he's there and all the good angels. And then there's the devil and there's the bad angels. And there's these ugly things called demons. And guys, even though we can't see it, that world's real. You know, in lesson two, we're going to talk about the devil. We're going to talk about his hierarchy and, and their plans and what they're doing globally, what they try to do in our individual lives. We'll talk about these ugly things called evil spirits. And, you know, they're not allowed to hurt you as a Christian, but uh, the devil has appointed a couple to each of us. The Bible calls them familiar spirits. And all they do is keep an eye on your life. And then they go up to the higher angels and they make strategies and decide what kind of thoughts can I put in their head? How can I get them down? How can I tempt them? And we'll talk about that in lesson two. But guys, there are these good angels too, and they're awesome. We'll talk about them in lesson three and why they are created, what they do. Lesson four, I'm going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to talk about counterfeit power and what the enemy tries to do. It's going to be a blast. But today, we're going to just talk about God and how great God is. And uh, whenever I talk about God, I, I think about everybody that's listening I think about where I was when I first met Christ, you know, and uh, I, when I first met Christ, I could not put evolution in a basket. I'm reading, you know, a new Christian, I'm reading Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and I just didn't know what to do with creation because what I've learned about evolution, right? And I wasn't sure where to put all of it. And so I remember finding some great books to read and just began to read them. And it's amazing what you can learn. So I was preparing for this and I thought, let me find a new one that I never read. And I just looked for a book and I found this book. It's called In Six Days, guys. This is a cool book. Here's why it's cool. It's written by 50 scientists and high-level engineers. These are brainiacs. And what's so cool is they each take a little part of the book and they deal with, uh, you know, six days of creation. They deal with evolution. They deal with the science. These guys are not against science. These guys actually began to believe in a creator uh, after they got into science. And they're like, man, there has to be intelligent design. And so it's so cool to hear how they each deal with a specific part. And uh, I downloaded it on Hoopla. That's a library app. If you have a card, you just download Hoopla and you can uh, listen or read for free. This is not on audiobook, so I, I just downloaded it digitally. I couldn't stop reading. I'm reading on my phone, and it was amazing. So if you're struggling, I'm not going to teach on creation versus evolution in this series, but I just don't want anybody to be stopped by what we're going to say today in the next couple of weeks by thinking, well, is there really a God? Did, did he really do everything the Bible says? Guys, this will help convince you that there is, and these guys make so much sense because they're brainiacs, but they put it in everyday language for people like us, right, like me, and it really, really helped. And let me ask you a question. If you walked into my house and I said, hey, guys, this this where I live, and there was this explosion, and it just all of a sudden came into existence, would you believe me? If I told you it started out as a little weed, but over millions of years, it turned into my house, would, would you believe me? L listen, here's what you would say. No, there's an intelligent designer, man. Somebody planned all the pipes and the, wall, the walls, all the wires. Somebody planned the surfaces on the floor. And, and you, you, know, you may not know exactly how and when they did it, but you just know 
there's an intelligent design. And I remember after I accepted Christ and I'm struggling a little bit with, well, what I learned, you know, in, in our culture versus what the Bible says. And I didn't know how to put six days, you know, in creating. I didn't know where to put all that. I heard all kinds of views. But then just looking at these brainiacs, it just helped me put it into context. And, and guys, when I look at this world, when I look at our bodies, when I look at everything I see, there's intelligent design. And we know that intelligent designer to be Jesus, right? So I just, I want to talk about God today and how awesome he is. And this is one of those services where I, I think when we're all finished, we're just going to walk out of here saying, God is amazing. God is awesome because he is. So um, read that if you need it. And I have a big idea for this lesson. And here's how it goes, guys. Our big idea is this. Our world was created from and is controlled by the unseen world. And we want to talk first about the creation and how it was created. But it's also controlled from that unseen world. And God allows a lot of chaos to happen, right? There's the devil. He's the God of this world. And God gives a lot of leeway for things to happen. But when God wants something to happen... It happens, and we'll talk about how amazing God is, and we'll talk about what that does and how it gives us confidence. But then most importantly, we're going to talk about how we can bring this into our everyday life before we close down this first uh, lesson. So Jesus was talking about God, and this we always use for worship, but I just wanted to open up with this verse, and it goes like this, John 4, 24. God is a spirit, a spiritual being, and that's the unseen realm. The unseen realm is spirit, right? And those who worship him must worship him in spirit or by their spirit. So we're a three-part being. We're a spirit. We possess a soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. We live in a body. So we definitely want to use our intellect. That's why we have songs. We read the words from the song. We want to do that. But God wants us to worship out of the depths of our heart because we are a spirit. God wants that worship to come up out of here. He wants us engaged. Uh, and, and then it goes on and says we should worship in truth, which is the scriptures, right? The reality. This is how God wants us to worship. So here at Believers in Borman and Warren, we do a great job with that. And it's so awesome. But all I want you to see here is God is a spirit. And the spirit realm, guys, it's amazing. Did you know you have guardian angels and they walked into service with you today? You have at least two of them. And there's one that usually goes back and forth. But do you know they love church? You know why they love church? It's not necessarily because I'm preaching. They love worship. <laughs> and, and guess what? They love the Word of God. And so uh, if, if, if I'm using the Word of God, they're going to love it. I remember when I was in Bible school, uh, one of my friends, um, he, he, we had to minister you know, in front of our peers, and then they would grade us. And one of our friends ministered, and afterwards he said, how did I do? And I'm not wanting to say, because they didn't do real well, and I could tell they didn't prep. But they were new, like I was new. But then another guy says, they said it was terrible, but at least the scriptures were anointed, right? And uh, this poor guy is like crushed, but uh, he might have needed to hear it at the time. But, but guys, but guys, the word of God, the angels love the word of God. And I want to just talk about God today. We'll deal with angels in lesson three. We'll deal with the enemy in lesson two and all these incredible things. But that world, man, it created this world. And I want to talk about that first. And it can control this world. And the enemy's trying to control this world too. And so we need to know what's happening. He's trying to control your life, but he doesn't have to. You have authority over him. He has no right to control your life, but he'll sure try. He'll put thoughts in your head. He'll try to make you think you're useless. He'll try to give you all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of fear. He'll try to tempt you to sin and get off track with God. But guys, 
First, we just have to talk about how incredible our God is, right? And here's my first point. It's, a, it's fun. God is the beginning, or God has no beginning, excuse me, and is the beginning of all things. And when I think of God, that's an amazing thought. He's eternal. He has no beginning. Isn't that crazy? Here's a scripture, Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were created before the earth was formed, before the universe, right? We'll talk about that in a moment. You are God without beginning or end. A thousand years are but as yesterday to you. Can you imagine? Just think about yesterday. That went by pretty quick. At least my yesterday went by pretty quick, right? But to God, that's like a a thousand years feels like our yesterday. And then it, it even goes smaller They are like a single hour. Think about that, a thousand years. Why is that? Because God lives in this realm called eternity, and there was no time until God made the universe. The universe is that time clock, right? And God lives outside of time. And so before he made the universe, and we'll talk about that, before he created heaven itself and the angels, he just existed. He has no beginning. Isn't that difficult to comprehend with this? But I just want us to walk out realizing... God is amazing. He's the God of the unseen realm, and he made everything in this realm, and he has no beginning, and he has no end. So he stands outside of time, and he sees time from beginning to end, but he never ends. And do you know what? When you accepted Jesus, you know what God did? He made you eternal, and so you have the pleasure of living forever, and that's pretty awesome. He gave us a piece of his eternity. Can we just give it up and say, thank you, God? That's amazing. That amazes me. I'm like, whoa, I surely don't want to live down here forever, but I'm looking, about a new, I'm looking forward to a new earth, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, you, know, you get bored down here eventually, right? And it's like, I can't wait for a new heaven. I can't wait for all evil to be gone. That's going to be amazing. Listen to Nehemiah 9 and verse 6. You're the one God, you alone. You made the heavens. So the heavens, guys, there's three heavens. The heavens would be the sky and the stars. But then notice this the heaven of heavens. That's where God lives. And I want you to just think about this. He always existed. There was a time when there was just God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then there was a day when he made heaven. We don't know. Uh, He could have been here for billions of years before he made heaven. And then he made heaven and he made the angels we're going to see here in a moment. And that could have been millions of years before he made what we now see, the scene realm. So God was back there, and then he made all these angels. And you know, there's other creatures in heaven. Did, did you know there's all kinds of creatures in heaven? As you read the Bible, you find out about some of these creatures. I can't wait to meet some of them. They're gonna be really cool. And, and guys, you know what else? Earth is a mirror image of heaven. So anything you see on earth, the trees, the mountains, the rivers, heaven has all of those things. God made heaven, but he made that first. And then it goes on and says this, and all the angels, the earth, that's what he made next, everything on it, the seas and everything in them, you keep them all alive. So he's the very source of life. The reason we have life in our bodies is because God has released it into us. Heaven's angels worship you. And and you know what? When you and I arrive in heaven, the first time we see God, I don't know that we're going to be able to say, hi, God. We're just going to be in awe. It's going to be like, whoa, God, and we're just going to start to worship. It will be spontaneous. No one will make you. Uh, It's just going to be like, oh, you're so awesome, God. And we'll talk a little bit more about his awesomeness, but I love what the New Testament says about God. Listen to this, guys. John 1, verses 1 through 2, and I'm reading, guys, 
the Living Bible. It's a paraphrase, and I only use a paraphrase when I know it's uh, accurate with the original. So they take out the word logos, word, in the beginning was the word, and they just put Christ because we know that's what it's referring to when we read the context, and it just makes it more fun and a little easier to understand. So listen to John 1 and 2. Before anything else existed, there was Christ. That's Jesus, right? With God, that's the Father, that's the Holy Ghost. He has always been alive and is himself God. So he's eternal. Jesus, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Ghost. Notice this. It's Jesus now. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. So he made the heaven, uh, the heavens or heaven. He made the angels. God, God plans it. Jesus does it. The Holy Ghost reveals it. That's what happens down here on the earth. And I just want you to think of the greatness of Jesus and also the greatness of our redemption, guys. Before God ever made anything, they knew when they made man, they see the beginning all the way. They knew we would fall. They knew we would sin. And, and God didn't uh, draft Jesus and say, Jesus, you're up. You got to go take a body and you got to die for these people. Jesus volunteered, guys. He knew it. He said, Father, I'll take on a human body. I love these dear people. I love every single one of them. And I'll die and I'll allow you to put their sins on me. And this was before we were even created, before man even come, came on the scene. Jesus volunteered to come and save us. But think about how great that is. The creator came to save us. I don't create a whole lot. I've never created anything that's living, but I'm not about to die for anything I've drawn or anything, right? But here's God. He said, I made them out of clay and I'll come and I'll die for these dear people. That makes me very, very excited. And then it's really cool to see how he did it and see the power of Jesus. And it says in Hebrews 11:3, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see, that's this, this is the scene realm, did not come from anything that we can see. This world was created by God. And that's absolutely amazing. But he did it by commanding it to come in. Now, I remember about 30 years ago, these two Jewish scientists, right? They discovered where the universe start or began. And I can't even comprehend how they do those things. But they discovered they won a Nobel Prize and all of science agrees with them. They discovered that the universe started. They know the point where it started. And it started as a microscopic speck. And it's, it's not the Big Bang. Here's what they discovered. And, and, it's still, and, and they all agree it's still happening. That the universe just started from this microscopic speck. I wonder what that was. Maybe it was an unseen God that just spoke, right? And they said it just came into existence and it's gone forth. And they say it's still expanding because Jesus said, let there be light. And boom. And science has figured out it started over here. It's microscopic. You can't see it with these eyes, but it came forth and it's still expanding. Then he made some stars to fill it and everything else, the planets. But guys, I don't know about you, but that excites me to think that our God spoke the universe and science agrees with what God did. Two guys won a Nobel Prize for it, that it just came from right out of there. Now, they, they might say something else, but they know it's not the Big Bang, right? It was God speaking. And I just want you to think, Jesus created everything. And as we walk around this earth, when I just look at us and I go to my doctor and, and, and there's times when I have to have x-rays and there's times when we deal with different things in, in our bodies, right? And I just think, 
how magnificent the human body is. I think about how it can heal. That's amazing. Our bodies can be healed. Uh, They can become better. I think about how they function. And guys, we know there's a God that created it. And you know what? We know who he is. His name is Jesus. He's God the Son. And guys, everything down here was created by him. But you know what else? Listen to this, guys. He's really big. He's really big. I'll tell you a story before I share this. Uh, my, my granddaughter, our granddaughter, Jean and I, Ophelia, um, she's three plus a couple months now. But when she was around two years old, we went to the zoo with, uh, with Deanna and Corey, her parents. And she had already seen elephants and gorillas on video, right? And she, and she read about them in her books. But I'll never forget, she wanted me to hold her. The first time you walk into Cleveland Zoo and you just go to the left and there's the elephants. And, and the first time she saw an elephant, her eyes just got this big. And she was just like blown away. And I did something, and I still do it to this day. I said, that's a big dude. And her and I have that kind of relationship. And, uh, and she just looked at me and said, that's a big dude, Poppy. And so then when we eventually came to the gorillas, I didn't start it. I didn't say a word. She looked at this big gorilla, and we got real close to the glass. And it was huge. And she just looks at me, and she says, that's a big dude, Poppy. And I said, that's a big dude. So she does that with me now all the time. That's a big dude. I go, that's a big dude. And guys, you know what? God's a big God. He's a big dude. And I recently watched the Thor, the newest Thor movie. And there's a scene in there where they go to the, you know, Greek mythology, uh, science fiction, but they go to the Greek mythology gods and Zeus is there. And Zeus is an out of shape Russell Crowe. If you've seen it, it's like, this is Zeus, right? You know, and he's so out of shape, but he has this lightning bolt, you know, and he has all this power. And I think sometimes when we think about God, our God, the real God, uh, we sometimes picture him, if not as an out of shape Zeus, uh, a, a Zeus that's maybe 12 feet tall and big and muscular, you know, and he has a lot of power. But guys, God is so much bigger than that. He is so amazing. And I just want to read a couple of scriptures so we can rejoice in how big God is, right? He's a big dude. Listen to Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Think about all the oceans and all the water, and God's hand's so big he can just put it right there in the hollow of his hand. It goes on and says, or with the breadth of his hand, just the length of his hand, marked off the heavens, Who has held the dust or all the dirt of the earth in a basket? There's a God basket that can hold all the dirt of the earth. That's a big God. Or weigh the mountains on the scales and the hills in the balance. So think of Mount Everest and think of how he can just weigh that. There's some kind of God. God is a big, big dude. Listen to verse 15. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. So think of one water drop falling in the bucket. And to God, that's what all the nations are. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands. Think about it. He can pick Hawaii up and weigh it as though they were fine dust. Verse 21, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, like a blanket where you make a tent in your living room, right? And spreads them out like a tent to live in. God is a big God. 
and he created everything. The Bible says the earth is his footstool. So next time you use a footstool, you put your feet up in your living room, the big earth that you and I are living on, this huge ball called the earth, it's the footstool of God. And so can God appear to us a little smaller? He sure can. But he is so huge, guys, that all the waters of the earth are in his hand. That's the God you and I serve. That's the God that created all things. And we already did it, but can we do it again? Can we just give it up for God and say, you are amazing? You are amazing. And he made you, and he loved you so much, he died for you, and he died for me. But you know what else God can do? Listen to the second point. If God wants something to happen on earth, it will happen. It just will happen. And I want to give you a story. This is a true story. Jesus and Moses were golfing in heaven. And so here they are golfing in heaven. Yes, yeah, true story. Absolutely. And, and uh, this old man comes up and says, hey, can I, can I join you? Now, Jesus is love. He's all inclusive. Of course, he said, yeah. He said, you can join us, old man. And so Moses goes first, and he hits the ball, and it's not a great drive, and it, and it falls right in front of a pond, and it's like, oh, no. But all of a sudden, the pond splits, and the ball just picks up some velocity, right? And it rolls onto the green, and it's about 15 feet from the hole. So he looks at Jesus and says, top that, Jesus. So Jesus goes, and he does about the same hit, and, and it lands right in front of the pond, and you think, is he going to split the water? No. The water, the ball picks up velocity and it just rolls on the water. And as it rolls on the water, guys, it just goes faster and it comes within five feet of the green. Now they look at the old man and say, top that old man. So he goes and it's kind of a chip shot and it goes towards the pond, but to the side and it's rolling towards the wood and a squirrel comes out and it grabs the ball and it begins to run away from the pond. But an eagle comes down and grabs the squirrel and he flies over the green and they're right over the hole and this, he squeezes his talons and, and, and the squirrel drops the ball and it's a hole in one. <laughs> and Jesus looks at the old man and he says, great shot, dad, great shot, dad. <laughs> Never know how they're going to go over, but guys, if God wants something to happen, man, the squirrels, the eagles, it's going to happen, right? It just is going to happen. If God wants something to happen, it will happen. And I want to address this because a lot of bad things go on in our world, and we can all agree with that. And God allows chaos to exist. Remember, the devil's called the God of this world, and uh, he's inspiring a lot of bad people to do a lot of bad things. And there's terrible things that happen in our world. But guys, when God wants something to happen, it happens. And, and you need to know what God declares, what God wants is always going to happen. And there's a cool Old Testament story. It has to do with Israel. And Jeremiah is a prophet. And so Jeremiah speaks out and he says to Israel, because you walked away from God, remember they're under the Old Testament. He said, uh, a nation's going to come and it's going to take you captive. And so, you know, they're like boo-hooing now. They're hearing this. And it was Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. And they did come after that prophecy and they took them captive. But he also said, after 70 years in captivity, you're going to be released and you will rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. So they're taken captive and, and now they're enslaved in, a, in, a, in another nation and they go through 70 years, and it's almost over the 70 years, and many of them are remembering the prophecy that the Jeremiah the prophet said to them, but they don't see any change. But all of a sudden, the nation of Persia rises up, and Cyrus is the king, and they defeat Babylon and literally punish it for what it did to Israel, and then Cyrus is king. And what blows my mind right at that 70-year mark, can you believe it? 
Cyrus does what God said. And I want to read you these scriptures. They're absolutely amazing. Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, he is not a God-believing man. He is not a God-follower. He is not converted to Judaism. He's a heathen king that worships uh, you know, idols and so on and so forth. But notice this. In order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, when God says something, it's going to happen. It goes on to say, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation through this whole realm and also to put it in writing. So this became official. This is in the history books. And I just want you to think, this is a heathen king. Remember, this is a heathen king. He, he has no relationship with God, but God apparently appears to him, and God speaks to him, and God deals with his heart. And notice what happens, verse 2. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. So God showed him, I raised you up. That's why you conquered Babylon. It goes on to say, and he has appointed me. That means he's called me. God's given me a purpose, and God revealed his purpose. And notice, to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. And this would be great for you to read this week, but God appears to heathen king because God said, said over 100 years before, he said, you're going to be taken captive. And he said, after 70 years, you will be released and you will build a temple. And you know what Cyrus did? He paid for it out of his treasury and he sent them to rebuild the temple, the tabernacle. And you might say, what does that mean to us today? Guys, no matter what's going on in this world, when God wants something to change, it will change. It doesn't matter who's in control of the world. And as you and I live in this world that we live in, and we see Putin doing what Putin's doing, and we see China doing what China's doing, and, and maybe you're happy with where our nation's going, maybe you're not. You know what? I want you to come to a place of peace. Here's where I want you to come, a place of peace where you can just rest and say, you know what? When we pray or whatever, Whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. It doesn't mean we sit back and do nothing. It doesn't mean we put our heads in the sand. Some of you are called to be involved in politics. Praise God. Be involved. Be the light. Be the salt of this world, guys. Get involved. Do whatever you're called to do. But when it's all said and done, don't fret. Don't be anxious. Be confident that what God wants to take place will take place. And in the meantime, he will take care of you. And you and I need to know that about our God. He is God. And so we can walk through the world saying, hey, you know what? I don't care what I see. I don't care whether I like it or I don't like it. Some of you might like it. Some of you might not like it. But here's what I know. My God is God. And what God wants to take place shall take place. You cannot stop what God declares from happening. You cannot stop it, guys. It cannot be stopped. And some people think it can because of Daniel. Remember Daniel prayed and said, I need to know what's going to happen. I saw this vision. What does it mean? And the angel comes and says, I was fighting with the, the evil spirits for 21 days. They delayed my coming. And so some people think the word of God can be stopped. No, that was an angel bringing answers to prayer. And sometimes our prayers are, are, are just a little bit you know, pushed back because there's some things going on in the atmosphere of that unseen realm. But guys, when God declares something, nobody on the planet was going to stop Israel from going to redo that, that temple at 70 years because God declared it. You cannot stop what God declares. And I just want to bring it into our everyday life. Listen to Isaiah 55:11, the, the message Bible. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. Most of us have memorized this from other translations. The word of God will not return to him void, right? It goes on to say, they'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. And guys, we want to know that about the power of God and what God declares. And if he declares something, it will 
happen. But here's what I want to do in closing this out, right? Because we know that this world was created by the unseen world, and whatever God wants to happen will happen. Uh, We know we don't have to fear anything on this earth. But think about this. You have promises in your Bible. They came out of the mouth of God. And if you and I take care, take hold of those promises and we say, God, I believe those, and we begin to give thanks for them, we declare those over our lives, God, uh, guys, it doesn't matter what's going on on this earth. They will not return to heaven void. They will do what God declared they will do. And he's just looking for us to take a hold of them and say, I believe that, and I'm gonna declare that on the earth. So I just picked two of them up out just to make you excited. You can do this with any promise of God. And here's the first one, Romans 8, 28. I love the New Living uh, paraphrase, but they do a great job with the original uh, language. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So loving God, called according to his purpose, it means you're a Christian, right? You accept him as your savior, you love him, and you have a call on your life. You're called according to the purpose of God. So you're qualified, I'm qualified. But notice what it says, God causes everything to work out for the good. And so guys, God's not causing all the problems in the earth. He's not doing everything, but God can take any mess in your life and he can turn it around and he can work it out for the good. And you and I need to grab this promise. We need to declare it. We need to thank God for it. And it releases God to begin to do this in every single one of our lives. Last year about this time, I taught Psalm 23, verse, verse six. When I got to verse six, I mean, it's connected to Romans 8, guys. Just, just look at verse 6. Surely, no doubt about it, I guarantee you, that's what surely means. Goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And if you've made Jesus your shepherd, which we've done, right, there's something that's pursuing you. It's chasing you down. It's called goodness, mercy, unfailing love. And so when you wake up tomorrow, guys, as we go through the day, no matter what chaos is going on in your life, whether you caused it or the world caused it or something else caused it, it doesn't matter what caused it, you can lift your voice and say, God's working this out together for my good. Goodness, mercy, and unfailing love is following me. They're going to catch you. They're going to catch you. But you know what you and I need to do? We need to hold on. To, we need to grab on to those things and let God do what only God can do. And right now, we're dealing with some crazy inflation, right? And my, my groceries basket has gone up. I do about 80% of the grocery shopping at Aldi's. And then I go other places and Aldi's just, they, they have such great products and I'm, they don't pay me to say that, but um, guys, I remember when a whole buggy was a hundred bucks. You know what it is now? 150, 160. So groceries have gone up. We all know it, but God's made a promise to his people. And notice what he says in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That just means, you know, we say to God, everything in this earth no matter what it is, you're more important in everything. And I make you number one and I decide to seek you. And then there's a promise and all these things will be given to you as well. And if you read the verses above, that's all the food you need, the housing you need, the clothes you need. God's made you a promise. And if you're a Christ follower and you're following Christ and you're seeking his kingdom, and so many of you are guys, we're gonna celebrate at team night tonight about how good God is. And I have some vision we're gonna share with you. And Borman, Pastor Joe Jr. has some incredible things to share with you here. We'll share some incredible things with you. I'm really excited about it, but here's the promise. No matter what world we live in, our God says, 
I will supply every single thing you need. And you and I need to take hold of these promises. We need to wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, because I seek your kingdom, because I'm a God seeker, a Christ seeker. I thank you that everything is being added to my life. And if you need to do it supernaturally, you're gonna do it supernaturally. But we serve a God that can meet every single need in our life. And I wanna ask you a question. Isn't it better to live life that way than in fear and in anxiety? Guys, and are we making this up? No, this is a promise from heaven. This is the word that does not return to God void. And we're grabbing a hold of it and we're declaring it. And then God does his thing. It doesn't go back to heaven empty-handed. It produces what God asks it to produce. So I wanted us to walk out being an of God, and we are, guys. And I wanted us to walk out knowing what he wants to happen will happen. And I wanted us to walk out understanding if we grab those promises, God can begin to do some amazing things in our lives. And so can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Can we pray? Lord, I did my best to bring out this part of the Bible. And I thank you that you're the God of heaven. You're the God that created the heaven of heavens. You're the God that commanded everything we see to come into existence. You're the God of the unseen realm that made this realm. And you are amazing, God, and thank you for making yourself bigger, magnifying yourself in our eyes. And Lord, uh, we just want to take a moment and we just want to give thanks to you. Can you do that for just a moment out of your mouth in Borman here in Warren online, guys? Can we just say thank you, God? Father, we thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We worship you with these lips and we declare you are the living God. And we thank you for saving us, giving us eternal life and giving us heaven as our future home. Thank you, Lord God. We love you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Holy is our God and worthy is his name. Great is our God who created all things, who's above all things, who controls all things. And we just worship and magnify and glorify you, Lord God. Let your praises be upon our lips, Lord God. And Lord God, we choose to look up and not down. We choose to look up and not at what we see. We choose to glorify you and magnify you and give thanks to you because you are the living, holy, magnificent God. Guys, you do that once in a while in the morning. You're going to walk around feeling good, man. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, maybe you're listening. Maybe you're listening. You say, I'm not sure of my forever. Well, Jesus died so you can have a forever in heaven. And so right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you what you believed before you heard me today. Here's what I'm asking because God is the only one that can open our eyes up to Jesus. He died so you can live. He died to give you eternal life. He is the living God. And can you remember a day in your life where you made it personal and you said, Jesus, I receive you and accept you as my Savior. I make a decision to follow you in my life. And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember that day, but you say, you know what? I'm ready to do it today. Would you pray with us right now? All of us are going to help you. And just mean this from your heart. Guys, can we help them in Borman online? Guys, would you join with us? And there's people online that will be praying this prayer too and here in the room and guys at TCI Correctional Facility. If you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. And just say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins. And I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the creator of the universe. You took on a human body and died for the sins of all mankind. 
and that God the Father raised you up from the grave. And you're the giver of life. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision this day to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.